Now on the Climate Monitor podcast, energy from greenhouse gases is possible. Researchers have found ways to realize a modern version of the medieval alchemist's dream, not turning base metals into gold, but conjuring energy from greenhouse gases, exploiting abundant pollutants to help power the world. Korean scientists have developed a sophisticated fuel cell that consumes carbon dioxide and produces electricity and hydrogen, potentially another fuel at the same time. Researchers based in the United States and Spain have devised a nanoscale fabric that converts electromagnetic waves into electrical current. The dream is that a smartphone coated with the fabric could, without the benefit of a battery, charge itself from the ambient Wi-Fi radiation that it exploits for texts, calls, and data. German scientists have taken a leaf from nature's book and applied it, so far in theory, to bulk cargo shipping. Salvina molesta, a floating fern native to Brazil, isolates itself from water with a thin sheath of air. If the large carriers could adopt the Salvina trick and incorporate a similar layer of air in the anti-fouling coating on the hull, this would reduce drag sufficiently to save 20% of fuel costs. And in yet another demonstration of the ingenuity and innovative ambition on show in the world's laboratories, another German team has looked at the large-scale climate economics of artificial photosynthesis, a system of semiconductors and oxides that could draw down carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and deliver stable chemical compounds. To take 10 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere each year would demand a forest that covered all Europe as far as the Urals. But to do the same job, a commercial forest of artificial leaves would require a land area about the size of the German federal state of Brandenburg. All these ideas are ready for further development. None is so far anywhere near the commercial market. But all are evidence that chemists, engineers, physicists, and biologists have taken up the great climate challenge. That is how to power modern society without fueling even faster global warming and climate change that could ultimately bring global economic growth to a devastating halt. And as many researchers see it, it means not just bypassing the fossil fuels that drive climate change, but actively exploiting the ever higher ratios of carbon dioxide now in the atmosphere or soon to emerge from power station chimneys. Scientists at UNIST, that's Korea's National Institute of Science and Technology, report in the journal iScience that in collaboration with engineers at the Georgia Institute of Technology in the U.S., that they have already developed a hybrid sodium carbon dioxide system of electrolytes that converts dissolved carbon dioxide to sodium bicarbonate and hydrogen with a flow of electrical current. Efficiency is high, with 50% of the carbon dioxide exploited, and could be higher. And their test apparatus so far has run in stable fashion for 1,000 hours. The system uses a new approach to materials to exploit something in the air everywhere. 
And that, too, is exactly what researchers in the U.S. have done. They report in the journal Nature that they have fashioned a flexible sheet of ultra-thin material that serves as what they call a rectenna, a radio frequency antenna that harvests radiation, including Wi-Fi signals, as alternating current waveforms and feeds them into a nanoscale semiconductor that converts it to direct current. So far, the Rectenna devices have produced 40 microwatts of power, enough to fire up a light-emitting diode or power a silicone chip. Tomas Palacios, an electrical engineer at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, is one of the authors, and he says, quote, We have come up with a new way to power the electronics systems of the future by harvesting Wi-Fi energy in a way that's easily integrated into large areas to bring intelligence to every object around us, end quote. The waterweed Salvina molesta exploits bubbles to keep itself afloat, but out of water. It literally rides in the water on a little magic carpet of air. The hydrophobic plant is regarded as an invasive pest, but the way it harnesses air to keep itself afloat and on top of things provides a lesson not just for evolutionary biologists, but for engineers. Researchers from the University of Bonn have been looking at the problem of the global shipping fleet, that is cargo freighters that burn 250 million tons of fuel a year and emit a billion tons of carbon dioxide, much of it because of the sheer drag of moving a hull through the waves. So anything that reduces drag saves fuel, which accounts for half of all transport costs. The German scientists report in the publication Philosophical Transactions A of the Royal Society that their experiments with hull coatings based on the lessons of Salvina could in the medium term cut fuel costs by up to 20%, and, on a global scale, reduce emissions by 130 million tons a year. If the same coating discouraged barnacles as well, the saving could reach 300 million tons. That's 1% of global CO2 output. To keep global warming to the promised level of no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius, an ambition signed up to by 195 nations in Paris in 2015, Global fossil fuel emissions will have to reach zero by 2050. Right now, nations are adding 42 billion tons of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere every year. So there is pressure to find ways to remove carbon from the atmosphere and store it. German scientists report in the journal Earth Systems Dynamics that they did the sums and calculated that to take 10 billion tons of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere using the machinery supplied by 3 billion years of evolution would require new forest plantations that stretched over 10 million kilometers. This is about the size of continental Europe. But supposing artificial leaf systems developed in laboratories could be further developed on a massive scale. These leaves would draw down carbon dioxide and deliver it for permanent storage or for chemical conversion to plastic or building material? If so, then efficient synthetic photosynthesis installations could do the same job from an area of only 30,000 square kilometers. Matthias May of the Helmholtz Zentrum Berlin, one of the authors, said, quote, 
These kinds of modules could be placed in non-agricultural regions, in deserts, for example. In contrast to plants, they require hardly any water to operate, end quote. Of course, it would come at a formidable cost, about $740 billion in the United States currency a year. According to Dr. May, quote, the best thing now would be to drastically reduce emissions immediately. That would be safer and much cheaper, end quote. Thanks for joining this installment of the Climate Monitor podcast. I'm Mitch Chester. Climate Monitor, Earth's Climate Channel, stream broadcasts as a public service, video and films about climate change and sea level rise issues, research, news and solutions on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV with Alexa, and at climatemonitor.tv. The Climate News Network is a free and objective service publishing a daily news story on climate and energy issues. For insightful climate reporting, please visit climatenewsnetwork.net. And please check this space for additional Climate Monitor podcasts and support our efforts by going to anchor.fm forward slash climate dash monitor where you can make a small donation.